Welcome to Are You Down Presents. Today, I am joined by Craig Kurlop. Before we get started talking about alternative living, house hunting, not house hunting, house hacking and all, all these exciting things, uh, I just want to say we have a Facebook page, Are You Down Podcast. We have Instagram. We have a Twitter, technically, even though we never use it. And we have a website. All right. And here's some music. How's it going, Craig? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, so let's quickly talk about how we know each other, and then I want to ask all about your life. I would love that. Okay, so we, we went to high school together. Yeah, way, way back. Way, way back. We we met during track practice, and we got real close. It was the best day of my life. Best day of your life. <laughs> it was a fine day for me. <laughs> um, Top 10. But then you ended up, when did you move to Colorado? Uh, so I, I live in Colorado now. Um I moved to Colorado in 2017. We're here now at this recording is 2019. And yeah, I lived in, so I moved from Massachusetts to California for a couple of years and then came to Colorado in 2017. Yeah, and now we get to hang out more than we have in years because of it. Because even when, when you I was in New Hampshire for college and you were in Boston, it was still too hard. But now it's like us being in a different state together brings us together. Yeah, it's like people you know in a distant location. It's like when you ever travel and stuff, right? And you right. you always flock to meeting Americans and Canadians right. because yeah. you're two people that are have something Canadians because they're just nicer. Yeah, Canadians are nice, right? <laughs> yeah. Every Canadian I meet is like one of the nicest, like the nicest people. You meet Americans, you're like, ah, oh, fuck that. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah. But I want to talk to you today because I think your life is super interesting. And uh, you talked, you just said uh, like a couple of places that you lived. But let's talk about your journey because basically you've tried to not live a normal life the past like Five years? Is that, is that fair to say? I would say I would say I had this revelation about three years ago. Okay. Uh, it really all started. So I went to school at a college called Northeastern University in Boston. It was a great school. My dream was always to move to California. I graduated college. I pursued that dream of moving to California. I worked at this big like venture fund in finance. I was a finance douchebag. Is yeah. basically what I call it. And you know, I'm sure I'm you glad guys you call that. Yeah. I call that too. Yeah, just finance douchebag. That's what I was for two years, and. It sucked. You know, I was looking at the people I was around, the people I worked with, and I just didn't want to be like any of them. You know, I looked around and said, okay, like, what is the best case scenario for my life in the next 10 years? And it's, I move a hundred feet down the hallway to the office and make maybe double what I'm making now. And that just like, wasn't fulfilling to me. Okay. And the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was that me and my girlfriend at the time, went down to this place called Big Sur in California, which if you don't know much about California... I know is very little about very California. Little. Okay, well, let me tell you. Oh, please. Um, <laughs> Big Sur is this beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, it's basically got, like, mountains on, like, one side of the road, and it's got, like, beaches on the other side of the road. And you basically just go there and you camp, and we, like, found this, like, really private beach, and it was, like, a beautiful weekend. We had a great time. And then on the way back... I got a text. I turned back on my phone and I got a text from my boss saying that I had to like get this memo out by Monday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time. And for those of you who don't know, there's a three hour difference between yeah. California and so 5 a.m. So 5 a.m. So I had to get it done that night. And that this was the last night me and my girlfriend were going to be able to hang out because she was moving back to Paris. Oh, and man. 
I was like, and I was about to move and I was, was going to say in California. And so that night she was like super upset because this was our last night together. Right. And I had to work. And so that, that was just like, whether I was going to marry this girl or not, that was a preview for the rest of my life. Like, I don't want to be doing this right. into my 30s and 40s. And that was when it really hit me. And I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Okay. So. So you move from San Francisco. Right? So, well, so then I proceeded in my job for the next couple of months. I found this whole idea of financial independence, retire early. And we call that like fire, financial independence, retire early. And it's the idea. It's called fire. Yeah. It's like the fire. There's a whole community. There's oh, like man. thousands there's of people. There's a Facebook group. There's many Facebook groups. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's podcasts, there's blogs, everything. Okay. And the whole idea is that, you know, you retire in your 20s and 30s so you can, you know, retire from regular work from your 20s and 30s so you can go pursue the life that you actually want to live. And that's kind of, and I was sold on that concept. And so for like six months, I just educated myself like crazy during work hours, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, to to figure out like what this is all about. I stumbled upon real estate investing and ended up sorry you sound like you want to say something no no no, you, no no no, no, no I'm still, I'm just, okay um please keep talking i'm very interested in this yeah and so so i learned about real estate investing i stumbled upon this site called bigger pockets while i was in doing my research i started reading books and all of this stuff and for about six months i was doing that then i did this one month trip to south america okay. uh, me and my buddy went and we actually uh, it was funny we actually like tripped acid and did this hike really in South America. And it was just like, it was fucking incredible <laughs> <laughs> and it was literally life changing. And I just remember on like being on the bus, bus ride back, like still on the acid, but it was like kind of wearing off. And I was like looking out the window and I just felt like I was in one of those like movies okay, where the camera's on you, everyone in the bus is sleeping, but you're just like wide awake and wired right. just thinking about shit. And so I was just like thinking about my life and all that stuff. And that was when I realized I needed to get the fuck out of California. I came back from South America that next weekend. I applied to 250 jobs. 250? 250 jobs in one weekend. I needed Did you have one out. cover letter or did you make a bunch of different cover letters? Uh, I did. I made, it was, I made one cover letter for one job that I really wanted. And 249 was just like bullshit. Just I resumes. Just, and, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to get into real estate. And so I applied to 249 real estate jobs in Florida. Okay. Because I thought I wanted to go to Florida. Oh, God. Yeah. Glad that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, and I applied to one job in Denver, which is the one I really wanted at, right. at Bigger Pockets, the company that I was obsessed with before. Right. The startup. The startup. Yeah. yeah. And I was in, they had a financial analyst position open there. So I went ahead and applied and somehow squeaked through the cracks. And I was lucky to get a job there. And a few months later, I was moving to Colorado, purchasing my first property and house hacking. So. That's like, that's a scary moment though, when you had that kind of revelation and you're like, my life has not gone in the direction I wanted it to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary, but I'm at the same time, I'm very fortunate that I found that at such a young age. Like I was 23 yeah. when I had that revelation. Some people don't have that revelation until they're in their forties. You know, I basically had a midlife crisis when I was 23, which I hope I don't live to be 46. Right, you're right. But, yeah. <laughs> but like I had that same, like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Are you kidding me? So so, okay, now tell me about this startup for, for Bigger Pockets. Yeah, so Bigger Pockets is a, it's technically not a startup anymore, but it just uh, yeah, has I a startup it's feel. It's an up. Yeah, but what, what's, what Bigger Pockets is, is we help people, like normal people, like you and I, invest in real estate. And so, you know, how do you 
put a down payment on a property? How do you be a good landlord? How do you like, what are different strategies you can use to build wealth through real estate? We want people to achieve what we called financial independence through real estate investing. Okay. And so uh, for your listeners, if you, if you haven't heard of that concept of financial independence, it's basically the idea of you have enough passive income outside of your W2 work such that your passive income exceeds your expenses so that if you were to quit your job, you can still live off of your passive income and not have to worry about working. Right. Right. So you just basically free up all of your time and then you can go do whatever you want. You want to go travel, go travel. You want to start a nonprofit, start a nonprofit. You want to be a bum for a while, go be a bum for a while. Like whatever you want to do with your life is your life is now yours instead of your boss's. So that was what was interesting to me. Okay, so so I'm I'm a bum right now. This is a good example. I, <laughs> I make like I don't have backup income. I don't have income. Yeah. Like I don't make any money. How how could I like get involved with that? Would I have to take out a bank loan and then to get like a for your first house? Yeah. Or, uh, so in order to get your so in order to get started, you need to have some sort of income because you won't get a bank loan without income. Right. And so, you know, like it always like you, you know your first few years is tough. It's like kind of a slog, right? You're doing things that no one else is doing. You're living like no one else is living. Right. You almost feel like a bum, even though you are making money. The whole idea, though, is that you're saving money and that, you know, the bank will see that you're making money. There's a purpose. Yeah, yeah. Like th- there's a greater purpose for later. And so it's all about that delayed gratification and kind of the bank will, yeah, the bank will see, okay, this person's making $40,000 a year. They can afford this much of a house. Here's the loan we'll give you. And then that's kind of where you make your first investment. And then, you know, then you'll be able to start using your income from your investments for the next loan. So then you can start, you know, being qualified for larger and larger loans and buying larger and larger properties. Right. Um, How do you deal? So like the goal is buy houses, be a landlord, people rent out spaces in your houses. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad has done that before and he will never do that again because he dealt with like, like terrible renters and stuff like that. Right. That's, that's where bigger pockets comes in. Right. So one of the biggest things you have to do is you have to screen your tenants really well. Okay. And that will eliminate a lot of your problems. It will not eliminate all of your problems. Right. Right. Like there's obviously a slight catch and Hey, I can retire in in your twenties. Yes. Right. Like there's going to be a little bit more work you have to do, but it's like, Oh, he sounds like a kid that dropped acid in South America. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that was a fun part. That's what, that's what made it. We discovered that, but um, you know, there's, there's slightly more work you have to do, but it's not nearly as much work as 40 years of working. That's true. Right. So people say, oh, it's too much work. I'm like, well, you tell me who's going to be working longer. You or me, right? Like I may put in more hours, but you're going to put in more years. Yeah. So. I think it's also super important. I mean, we were just talking about this before the podcast. You're like, my life's been crazy, but I'm like, but you've been enjoying what you're doing. You're like, yeah. And that's it. If like, if you can enjoy the grind. Yeah. That's what life is about. For sure. That's why I, when I was teaching, I didn't enjoy the grind at all. And I was like, this is my life. I was like, I'm going to work. I'm going to get this job. Then I'm going to die. Like that was like, it. it's like maybe I could retire a few years before I die. But it's like, that was it. And I didn't enjoy the grind. And that's why I left because it was yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Do you watch SpongeBob? I, I did. In yeah. The past. There, there's a SpongeBob episode. Uh, I can't remember exactly what the episode was, but Squidward is talking to SpongeBob and he's like, SpongeBob is, you know, this exciting character that likes to go into work I every day. I think most people listening right? know who yeah. SpongeBob yeah. is. Yeah. Well, that's fair, right? But, you know, Squidward is like this grumpy adult, basically. Yes. And he's like, he's like, SpongeBob, let me tell you how it, let me tell you how it is, SpongeBob. 
You go in, you go to work, you go to work for 40 years, and then you die. That yeah. is what your life is like. And I'm like, fuck. He's right. <laughs> he is right. Like, he's fucking right. And like, I want to be like SpongeBob, right? I don't want to be like Squidward. No. You know, I want to enjoy it. And so, yeah, I totally like I enjoy it. I 100% enjoy what I do. I love it. Even though, like, uh, technically I will be able to retire this year, I won't because I like my life, you know? And But, like, in the next year, I might go travel and stuff. But it just yeah. gives you the flexibility to do whatever the fuck you want. Right. And if your boss pisses you off, you can go tell him to pound sand and do whatever the fuck you want, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's amazing. So. You just, so you could retire next year. Yeah. Tell the listeners why you can do that tell them about your past <laughs> three years okay because i think that this is what i think i have so much respect for what you've done in the past couple of years but i also laugh every time i tell <laughs> people about it. that's fair yeah again you know there's that quote like live like no one now so you can live like no one later yeah um and yeah so it all started when i moved to colorado uh, i really wanted to buy a duplex so i I, you know, within the first couple of months, I purchased a duplex. Okay. I, I lived in the bottom, rented out the top, and I Airbnb'd out my bedroom in the duplex. Yeah. And so <laughs> the next logical question everyone asks me is, well, where did you sleep? And so I basically made a quasi bedroom out of my living room by putting up basically like a cardboard room divider with a curtain and I paper clipped them together <laughs> <laughs> and put and put a futon behind that. And I slept on that futon for a year while Airbnb being out my room. And actually, it was actually like a really cool experience because, you know, the first couple of weeks sucked, right? Like I wasn't used to it. But then you get used to it and you're like, whatever, I'll sleep here and this is my home now and it's right. fine. Like I'm still grateful that I have a roof over my head and I'm not like, you know, there's people Homeless, yeah. having it much worse than me still. And I got to meet people. Like I'm a big travel person. And so I get to meet people from all over the world coming to Denver. And so that almost satisfied my travel bug because one of the best parts about traveling is meeting new people. Right. It's about the right? interaction. Yeah. And so I was meeting all these people. And it's funny. I actually met um, like this, uh, basically like the girl that I kind of dated. For really? Like, yeah. For like a year because she was my guest in Airbnb. And so, yeah. I, I, th- I, thought, I thought. Where was, was she living girl? that she was? So her, so her and her boyfriend at the time came here to like just do oh. a vacation in Denver. Oh, interesting. Uh, and, and we just chatted. Like it was me. Like I chatted with her boyfriend. I chatted with her. Like it was just like a really like we would have been friends if they actually lived right. here. Uh, they moved. They went back to South Carolina is where they were from. And her and her boyfriend broke up. She ended up moving to Denver. You we were like, oh, no. And well, no, she just like I was the only person she knew here, and so okay, she cool. came and she hit me up, and we had a few, you know, we had a drink, whatever. We had a like went out a little bit, and we just started hanging out. We started to like each other, and like that, you know, it was like a really fun year. That's and, awesome. Yeah, things didn't work out, but well, yeah, well, whatever. But but you have a it was bunch a fun of, year. Yeah, you have a bunch of Airbnb guests, so you can just get a new yeah. girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we get a new few every day, so <laughs> occasionally they work out. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, you I and I tell people that's where like people draw the line because they're like, I have a friend and he wants to retire in like five years. They're like, what? <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems unreasonable, right? But the math pencils out, right? Like numbers don't lie. And so, can I say the numbers? I know you're. Yeah, said, say the yeah. numbers. Um, and so you know, with that property, right? I was making, I was, I was living for free because yeah. I was renting out an Airbnb, right? And I was making about five hundred bucks a month. Okay. On top of living for free. Right. Right. So like net savings there, that's like about a thousand dollars a month. Yes. And then I moved out of there. And so now I can rent the bottom place out for more. 
And so now, now it's actually making me a thousand dollars a month. Okay. I buy the next place that makes me buy a thousand dollars a month the way I'm doing it. Yeah. And then I buy the next place after that. I'm under contract now for my third place. And that will, you know, that will cash flow me about another thousand dollars a month. And so now I've got wow. $3,000 a month outside of my normal work. Right. That I can live on. And so now you're talking, okay, I've got $3,000 a month. I, I can easily live on $36,000 a year. And the good thing is, is that it's not taxed at nearly as high of a rate as someone who is working a W-2 job. And so if you're making 36, if you're, if you make like $55,000 a year at a job, you actually probably take home 36,000. Right. If I take home, if I take home 36,000 from my rental, I probably take home actually 30. Really? So it's basically the same as like living on a $50,000 salary. Okay. Um, are you, are you willing to share how much you make at your job job? Yeah. Uh, well, so it's, it's changed, right? So right. when I first started out, I was making about 65,000. Okay. Um, over time I've gotten raises and bonuses and stuff. And so now my base is at like 85,000. Okay. And, and do you get insurance through that or do you have your own private health insurance? Yeah. Health insurance and stuff is all through, all, all through, through the that. company. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. So say if you retire, you would have to go get your own insurance, right? That's something to factor in. If you retire, you have to get your own insurance. That's something that people talk about a lot. However, if you plan to travel, there's this thing called expat insurance, where basically it includes health insurance for everywhere except the United States, because United States healthcare is outrageously expensive, That's and it's crazy. like it's like forty or sixty dollars a month. Really? It's like it's like dirt cheap, and you just don't get doctors in the U.S. And you honestly probably could get that if you're and you could do that for like if you're traveling. So. I mean, there are great doctors all over the world. They're not all just in the U.S. So. Yeah. Can I, uh, can I give you a quick spiel on why I'm really upset with the healthcare system? And sure, the yeah, let's, let's just talk, man. So yeah. I, I got really sick uh, recently. I got, like, I thought it was just strep throat, and then it, like, went away, and then it came back as, like, a really bad version of strep throat. And, like, my lymph nodes were so swollen, I couldn't, like, like breathe. And it was, like, terrible. Yeah. But um, so I got sick on a Tuesday. And I went to health services because I'm still in college. So I, I went there. I have my parents' local insurance because I'm under 26. Um, and it's Tufts, like, insurance. So it's through. It's clearly a Massachusetts insurance. Yeah. But you're fine if you're in college. Um, but then I got re-sick on a Saturday. And I was, like, having flu-like symptoms. And, and I was just fucking miserable. Yeah. I went to – I couldn't go to a, a urgent care because I couldn't find out which one that covered me. And then there's like loopholes in the system where it's like some local insurances are fine as long as the place bills it as an urgent care, but I've gotten fucked over before. And then I had to pay like $350 because of it. So I just had to stay sick for the entire weekend. And it's the sickest I've been since I was like five years old. Well, yeah, isn't that, isn't that fucking crazy though? It's like you're, so dumb. Not only that, but like you're fucking sick and like your, your brain is not in the state of mind where you have to think of like, Oh, does this cover my health insurance? It's like, no, I just want to get fucking better. And I right? like, literally every, I was counting every swallow cause it hurt that much. Yeah. And I like, I was trying to call my insurance and fucking God damn it. Like I call, <laughs> so I call the insurance and then the, the help number is not open cause it's the weekend. So I call like the number that's open and he's like, no, you need to call this other number. I was like, no, man, I don't think that number, I don't think they're open. So I don't think they're gonna He's like, no, I only do pharmacy. I don't do medical. So I was like, fine, I'll try calling. I call it. And then they just kick me off and they send me back to this guy. So I talked to the same as that guy. I'm like, man, I can't talk to anybody else. And he's like, I, I don't know how to help. And I was like, 
I have fucking insurance. Yeah. Like, Let me feel better. Yeah, right? Like, I was so pissed. Yeah, it's so annoying. Yeah, man, the healthcare is not... Uh, that's clearly a problem here in the U.S. Yes. Right? And and everyone from every other country knows it, and they make fun of us for it. And they're like, yeah, I mean, you know, our taxes are much lower than right. a lot of those other countries as well. But at the same time, it's like... We gotta figure our shit out. Yeah, I was talking to my dad because I was I was I was really sassy. I was really pissed off uh, that weekend because of that. And I was like talking to my dad. I was like, I'm just moving to Canada so I can get universal health care. And he's like, taxes are increased, and you're gonna have to wait three hours for a routine checkup. And I was like, Dad, I can't fucking swallow. I I couldn't drink water unless I was drinking tea. I was like, I don't, I don't want to think about you can that still right swallow. now. Huh? I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah. So the attention. I forgot what we were talking about. We were talking about uh, house hacking. Oh. Um, what I want to talk about now, so it's, let's see if I can remember some of the stuff. So you, you had your, you had your little cubicle of Curtain. a room yeah. uh, <laughs> in your house, your Airbnb being your room. And then you also had the duplex under, um, but then also you're, you're, you're doing, was it Trulo? Turo, 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 Turo. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're Turo in your car. Yep. Didn't it get totaled because of that? Yeah, yeah. It's totally a funny be- story. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell us about that. Yeah. I want to hear. It. Yeah. Okay. So, so the, the history of my car. I bought when I first moved to Denver. I bought a 2013 Toyota Prius C because you need one. Because I, uh, yeah, you need one. But I also just wanted to like Uber around Uber and like right. make some extra money. So I made. I'm I, a Lyft driver right now. Are you? I've done like 25 rides in a month. Oh, <laughs> I'm not very good at it. That's a good amount, isn't it? That's not a lot. Oh no, no. Um, yeah, I did. I did do the Lyft driving for yeah. for the first few months. For like the first like two or three months, I moved out here just to like get to know the neighborhoods better. Right. Make some money, meet some people. You're in Denver though. That's most oh, Denver. Yeah, I'm in Fort Collins than. right now and the college. Uh, like it's just not not enough. It's not enough. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Denver is obviously so, a good so place it's just to like do it. it's constantly people constantly need those yeah. those rides. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that's like was my intentional my first purpose of getting the Prius because it was good on gas and could take right. people around. And so did that for a few months, and then I bought a place. And decided that you know fuck Lyft driving just wasn't making enough money for me. Right, and it just was like taking up all my time. So instead of like you know exchanging my time for money, I would just you know, I had, I had my car in the driveway for like a month and I was like, man, this car's just sitting here doing nothing for me. Cause I biked to work. Yeah. You were uh, like what? Two miles away, two miles away like from work. Yeah. So I just biked to work and like, it was great. So what if I can just rent this car out? And there's a site called Turo, T-U-R-O, where you can basically rent your car out, you know, by the day people coming into town will rent your car and they'll pay you and that's it. And so I did that for about a year. Um, made probably, you know, I was making probably about 600 bucks a month or so from that. Nice. Um, and I didn't have a car payment or anything. Right. So it was like, that was everything. And so 600 bucks a month from that, plus like maybe the grand or two of grand I made from Turo and they all in, I probably made like, I don't know, maybe 10 grand from the car over the course of a year. And then at the end of the year, uh, like 13 months of, of Turoing it, someone totals it, like destroys Ugh. it, completely destroys it. Like I saw pictures. It was fucking, it was bad. Luckily no one got hurt. Good. But the, and so like, you know, I, I went and filed an insurance claim and all that kind of stuff. And I ended up getting an $11,000 check back 
even though I spent $10,000 for the car oh. 12 months earlier. Okay. So I like... You profited. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> 12 months earlier, I like it was like the best possible thing that could have happened. Like 12 months earlier, I bought a car for 10 grand. I made money off of it for a year, 30,000 miles later. And the insurance company reimburses me $11,000 for the car. So overall, I like netted like 11 grand if you count the money that I made from the, the car itself. That's you know? nice. So yeah, it was good. And then I bought another car that now I just drive. And yeah, I was like, a, do you have any other little things that you were doing to, to make some more money? Um, I mean, just like saving a lot, um, basically just, just like saving tactics. Like I wouldn't like go out to eat. I would just be smart would with the be money. Smart. I like, you know, cook myself. I went like vegetarian for six months. Oh, did you? Just a test. Yeah. To see how it would go. Um, how'd it go? It was good. It was good. You liked it? Yeah. I just found myself like being more hungry. So yeah, I really, well, no. so I got really into like apples with peanut butter and so nice. still just got to get, I had one earlier today. Yeah. Really. yeah. And you had I, your almond butter and, and apple. Yeah. That's like my favorite snack. I've got at least one of those a day. So yeah, I've gone, I've gone spans without eating meat. Um, and I, I, I real I haven't gone like crazy long, but I realized my diet's actually worse because you want to fulfill that hunger with. Yeah. It's, like, I, I just basically, I substitute that protein with carbs i don't yeah. substitute with uh, with healthier protein yeah i can't eat broccoli non-stop and like yeah. and stuff like that or like sh- i find myself eating more sugar too sugar sugar uh, was your problem salt was my problem salt oh uh, so you're yeah. more of a savory guy i'm a savory guy I'm a sweet guy well it just sweet you know just gives me a tummy ache <laughs> yeah well i don't know maybe 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 you're just not sweet enough maybe you. i'm too much of a little bitch <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> what i was gonna say yeah be a little bitch <laughs> yeah um Okay, let's talk about you spent three years basically just like living a different life than people would want to live. Yeah. Living not without even three years is one year. Oh, just one year? Well, one year under the what? curtain. Yeah. Behind the curtain and now That's true. then I bought a second place literally one year later, like on the exact day, one year later. I bought um another house, like a single family house, and now I've got my own room in a house with just roommates. So now I just live with roommates and I rent out the rooms to roommates. And that's like how everyone lives now. How do you like stay confident in yourself throughout this when you're staying in the sheet and you're, you're like, you're like, I like, if there are people here, I can't even like, dude. Yeah. I can't even like take care of my own business. (laughs) It was a fucking, it was a slog. It was a slog. Like no doubt that there, most days were fine, but there were a couple days. Can I tell you my worst day? Yeah. I'd Uh, love to hear it. My worst day was, it was Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. The Patriots had just lost. Oh, to the Eagles, yeah. Right. Yeah. And the, the, I, I was renting my room out to someone for a couple months. So, like, he was just, he was already been there for a while. And they were coming back drunk and wicked happy the Patriots lost because everyone hates the Patriots except Patriots fans. Yeah. And, uh, so he brings like this girl back with him. And, and I'm okay with a little bit of sex. Like, I like a little sex noise here and there. Like, it's not. You're like, I'm not a prude. Yeah, like, I kind of like it, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> like, someone's having fun. So, yeah, hey, good someone's, for them. someone's getting it, right? Like, props to him. But this, so he brought his friend back, put an air mattress in the kitchen okay. for his friend to sleep on. And then he had a dog, brought this girl back, and just started fucking the shit out of this girl. And this girl, I could have sworn her name was like, you know, you ever heard the joke about the girl named Naomi? No. You know what Naomi spelled backwards is? I don't want to do it. I, I moan. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so 
And so she was just like, like literally sounding like someone was killing her. And, and so this is all going on like 12, one in the morning. And then she had a dog as well. Okay. So every time she would moan, the dog would like squeak this little toy. (laughs) And so it was like, moan, the dog is involved. Moan, squeak. And I was just like, Oh my God. And like, I had to work the next morning. And the picture just lost. Right. Yeah. Just like fucking going insane. And so I like, they they were finally done. They like moved to the shower or something. I like fucking went into the room, took the dog's toy, opened the door, and just whipped it as far as I could. Mm-hmm. And just so pissed. I was like, dude, you gotta like Yeah. So that was like the worst night, right? Um, but most nights were actually really, really easy. Their people are really respectful and all that kind of stuff. But it, it was a slog because it felt like I wasn't saving anything. It just felt like I was like going through this and I was gonna right. do this forever. But and I was talking to like one of my mentors and stuff about this. He's just like, Look, like like at the time I had like 30 or 40 grand saved up and he's like, not many people your age have 30 or 40 grand saved up. And I was like, yeah, I can tell you right I now. <laughs> I, I don't have <laughs> and I was like, 40 grand saved up. I was like, I guess that's true, but I just feel like it should be more like, I don't know. I don't know. I just was like, I was just like questioning everything. And, and you know, and then I, I went away, I did like a little trip to Guatemala and then came back a little bit more refreshed and did you know had a couple more months and then i moved a couple months later and then you know now i'm in a house with my own room and have my own privacy and that was like that but you know for a year to be able to save you know 20 or 30 grand so i had a total of 30 or 40 grand allowed me to buy the next house and really it was like the foundation of what i'm doing now and how i'm getting to the point i'm at now which now i'm at the point where you know, where I think I'm still different from everybody, but kind of in a different way. Right. Like, right. I, I tell people that if you're going to do this, you are literally never going to do the same as other people. Your first year, you're going to be living way below your means. People are going to, you're going to live like a homeless person and people are going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Then you're going to start putting down another house and you're going to start having a little bit more money than all your friends, but you're still not going to probably be spending it. But people are going to be wondering how the hell can you buy how can you afford putting twenty to forty thousand dollars every single year down on a property? Yeah, right. And people are like, "Well, that's not right." And then you get to the point where that's where all that is working for you, and then you're gonna start retiring in your twenties or thirties, roaming the world, and you're gonna live like no one else that way. And people are like, "How the fuck did you do that?" And I'm like, "Well, it all started with that one fucking year of of sleeping on the couch, right?" Yeah. And so, again, are you saying like, I would not do it right now after already doing it for a year? But if I had to go back in time and I had to do it again, based on these results, I would 100% do it again. Absolutely. The hard part is that you don't know You don't know the, the results. Time. Right. Yeah. Right. But you just got to stay. And, and the biggest thing, too, was like finding your purpose and finding your why. Right. If you're doing it just for money, it's not going to work. Right. Like, no, like money is not the motivator. Money is a means to buy something that really motivates you. For me, it's just my time with the people that I love. Yeah, it's where, where do you find that sense of fulfillment? Right. And then you go, and now you, you're you setting yourself up to actually have the time to appropriately appreciate that. Right. Because that's exactly. what I worry about in my life a lot. It's like, I I know I really care a lot about a lot of things, but will I be able to do it the way I want to? Yeah, exactly. And so like how... Like many people too, it's kind of like the hippie way of living, yeah. Right? Where it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna go do what I want, and they they just go do what they want. They don't. I'm, I think I'm like half hippie, but half like I also want to have money, so I do the. You're like a millennial hippie. A millennial hippie, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah I want my avocado toast, goddammit. it. <laughs> <laughs> I want it when I'm sleeping in a van, and not showering for four days, exactly. But, 
Um, but yeah, so I just think like, I'd like to have a good financial foundation so I can then go do whatever the fuck I want. Like when I want, when I want with who I want, you know, I just don't want to, I just want to be flexible. Yeah. It's definitely that conversation of like, like money doesn't equal happiness, but we can't ignore that money exists in factors in this world. Right. So we might need some of it to find that happiness and to, to address that happiness. Yeah. Well, the number one cause of divorce in America is, is, is money. Reasons. It's cheating. Oh, okay. cheating. I think is number two, I, I, but it's is mo- it actually, I think so. Yeah. Wow. You could Google it if you want, but uh, <laughs> I might Google it. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe they're both top two, but either way, it's a huge reason for divorce. Right. And so if you, if you take money out of the equation and that's no longer a problem, your life just seems very good. There's a lot of problems kind of, they don't go away. You'll always have problems. But a lot of the, the problems that you and your spouse might fight about will go away. Yeah. You know? And just as long as you're both loyal to each other, right? And all that kind of stuff, which we can get into or not. But yeah. So. Yeah. It's just a, yeah. And I definitely, um, it's, it's helped to have these conversations with you. Like uh, when you first moved to Denver and you talked about it, it's a lot to take in uh immediately so like <laughs> it was like it took me time to process it where i was like oh no like craig's crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah you uh, look crazy that's yeah. um but it's like i'm i'm all about it and it's really it actually relates to me i take it in a different thing it's like i had that fantasy of living in a van for a year and just I, the difference between me and you is that uh i couldn't do your life because i i need to dictate my social life more than that, I can't have the strangers. I have trouble with the lift. I like I'm doing lift and I'm good at it. I can like I can socialize with anybody. Right. But the mentally preparing it, I always feel like I'm preparing myself mentally for these social interactions. And uh, if I had to constantly be doing that. So do you think you're naturally an introvert and you kind of get yourself I you can like exercise your extrovert side, but I know I think I am an extrovert. I think it would be ignorant of me to say I'm an introvert just because it's like I have deep thoughts. Um, but I think even extroverts need, need that time Alone. and some need more and some, some, sure. some view it completely different. I need, like, I haven't shared a room in years and it's like, I need my space. Yeah. It's like a spectrum. You know, extrovert, introvert is a spectrum. Exactly. It depends on where you are in that spectrum. Exactly. Like everything, like, yeah. like sexuality right. and yeah. autism and all these things, they all have a spectrum now right. because it's like, it's not so black and white. Right. Um, but in, like like that, I think that's great. I think it's really exciting that you're like, no, I want to take charge of my life. Yeah, I think you have to. Yeah, and, and I can say that life is just so much more fulfilling when you have that like end goal. You're not just like living for the weekend, waiting for Friday and Saturday right. to go out and get hammered. Like, yeah, like I love working. Before I know it, it's Friday, and I'm like, fuck, it's Friday. Cool. Like now I got two days off. And yeah, then, but I'm not, and I'm like Sunday night happens. I'm not like dreading Monday. I just it's just a day it's just a day like it the weekends and the weekdays just blend together for me like it just doesn't just I'm doing what i love so yeah it's cool and it's cool that you've made a plan because like i think about both of us are kind of in a situation right now where i'm like i'm living the dream right now like i'm really happy with my life it's good yeah uh because it's like i do i, I work outside when i when i make money i don't make much money but i don't need much money right now and then i write a shitload and then I, I record a podcast that hopefully some people listen to. If they don't, that's fine. But I just find fulfillment in like being able to talk and have caring conversations. And then, yeah. And then I grow shitty facial hair and don't sh- like shower much. And that's, yeah, that's my here. life. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great. Yeah. I just don't have a plan. I don't have sustainability. Yeah. Which and, is something that you have. Right. And that's just what, 
you know, and that's kind of just what I, it's what you took for the next step. And honestly, like the, the foundation of all that is having an actual, like a job that makes you a decent wage. Right. Like, right. You know, I've always made $60,000 plus a year, which is pretty good. Granted, I've lived in expensive cities, San Francisco and Denver. San Francisco especially. It's fucking expensive. And you, yeah. did, uh, you did your internship in Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Did another an internship in Chicago, city. another expensive. Boston, I lived in Boston for five years. So yeah, like, I've never true. really lived in a cheap place. So, you know, I was making more money, but, you know, my expenses were also higher. So net right. net, it might be, this might be similar. And... Yeah, man, but it's just about like living below your means and saving as much as you possibly can while you're young and in your 20s. And you don't have to do this thing through real estate investing. There's many ways to do it. Like I said before, there's that fire community. And most people in the fire community don't do real estate. They just are pretty frugal, live below their means, and they just save their super savers. And they just put them in index funds, which are super easy. You just put it in there and forget about them. And it's something called the the 4% rule. So it's when your savings times 4% equals your monthly expenses is when you like are able to retire. Oh, really? Yeah. And so basically if you, if you spend $40,000 a year, right, the opposite of multiplying by 0.04 is timesing by 25. Just the way math works. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know math. To, yeah. I did uh, math. You did math once. Uh, once. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so if you have $40,000 times 25, that that's a million dollars. And so once you get a million dollars, you basically can survive on $40,000 a year forever. Oh, or yeah, there's like a 95% chance you, you last, you last forever. Right. So it's a, it's just a really good kind of, and a million dollars sounds like a lot, but when you're saving 50, 60, 70% of your salary, people are able to do that in 10 to 15 years and money works in, at an exponential rate. And so, you know, as you start saving more, as you start, the more you save, the more you save. Right. Right. And so, you know, each year you start saving more and more and more and more. And then, you know, in 10, 15 years, you hit that million dollar mark. And that's when a lot of people retire. I've got two friends that hit that mark at 30, 30, 31. They've been traveling the world for three years now and are still retired. They're coming out of the book. They have a blog and they're just like living the best life. I saw them in right. Thailand, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, it was it was fun hanging out with them. Nice. Do you get involved with like bonds or anything like that? No. S- the stocks. No. I, I I put I I do real estate and I do index funds. What uh, are index funds? Index funds are. So there are uh, a guy named. You know, have you heard of Vanguard? No. Uh, no. Okay. So Vanguard is a company that was started by this guy named John Bogle, and he he created what an index fund is, and basically an index fund is just a little piece of every single company, like the top 500 companies in the United States of America. And you basically buy a little piece of all of them. And as they grow, you grow. And the best part about it is it's self-cleansing. So if there's a company that drops out of the top 500, you no longer own that company. So and then you, you own... You have like a little stake in Google? Yep. Little stake in every little company. Okay. And as that as those companies grow, so does your bank account. Wow. And over time, it grows at about a rate of 7% or so per year on average. And that's basically what people use to retire. And it's just like, you, there's literally no effort involved. You just throw your money into this index fund and just sit there and wait and let it grow. You don't need to like, you know, there's people on Wall Street spending hundreds of hours, right, researching, doing all this work, and they maybe beat the market by like 1% per year or 2% per year, which is like yeah. mice nuts. <laughs> you fucking like, 
just put it in index funds. Like you spend your hundred hours a week and you get your 2%, right? Like I'll fucking put my shit in index funds, do no work. Right. And I still might beat you some years, you know? I can't tell you something I know less than the stock market. Really? It makes no sense to me. Just put your money in it and it will grow. Maybe. Will, I guess in, index funds. Index funds. It will, it Can will I time, lose money from the stock market? Over time, you will not lose money. If you if you start jumping in and out, if you put some in this year, take it out next year, put it in this year, take it out next year, you might lose money. If you put it in here now and put it in now and take it out 30 years from now, You'll be very, you'll be a very rich man. I have a Roth IRA. Is that a thing? Yeah, that's yeah, a thing. That's that good. Yeah, it's good that you have that. That was my parents gave me that. That was really nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were worried about me. <laughs> was it underneath your Christmas tree one year or yeah, something? Yeah. They, Open it up. Yeah. Box. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, a Roth IRA. I thought it was a puppy, and yeah. then it turns out it was just not a Roth IRA. Yeah. I was like, can I have the puppy, please? Yeah. Um, um, okay. Let's yeah, quickly b- before we uh, we end. Yeah. Let's talk about your most recent project. They'll be coming out soon. Uh, yeah. So, you know, with this whole idea of, you know, being able to retire early and, and basically get started in real estate investing, live for free and all that, um, actually coming out with a book that Bigger Pockets is publishing. It's going to be called The House Hacking Strategy. The House Hacking Strategy yeah. by Craig Kerlob. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, and so basically, you know, I don't write different than I talk. So my writing is pretty much how you hear it here. It's like very conversational and I try to be kind of funny and I make it a pretty easy read. But basically it's all about how house hacking can just have such a tremendous, a tremendous um, impact on your building your wealth and becoming financially independent. And again, the whole idea of house hacking is buying a house, living in one part, renting the other parts so that your, you know, your tenants are covering your mortgage, you're living for free and able to save a fuck ton of money. Right. And, you know, you use those savings, you still save it. So then you basically just live off of your interest and your rent so you can, you know, go do whatever the fuck you want with your life and not worry about having to sit in an office 40 days a week for 50 weeks a year for 40 years of your life, you know? I would love to read that. You should read it. Well, when it comes out. I'm going to read it. In just a few weeks. Yeah. I will send you a copy, my friend. Yeah, it would be amazing. Yeah. Craig? Thank you for coming on the podcast. I had a blast. Thank you, Mike. It's been a pleasure. All right. Peace.